This is the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom. In this week's podcast... I don't want to drive a motorcycle and be all by myself. I don't want to drive a sports car and go really, really fast, but have, you know, one one person in it. I don't want to drive a minivan, um, you know, with, with just my family and a few friends. I, I want a bus. I want like a charter bus, and I want to be able to load up as many people as possible to say, hey, come with me and uh, and let's go together and grow together spiritually. That's what discipleship uh, looks like for me this year. Thanks for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, lead and founding pastor of Journey Church International in Lee Summit, Missouri. My name is Brandon, and today Pastor Christian and I will be having a conversation about, about a very special weekend here at Journey that we called our Best Day Ever Sunday. Today we're going to talk a, a little bit about our responsibility of guiding others to become more like Jesus, and then what happens after we invite and bring people to um, to an experience like we had on Sunday, or will have on Sunday. Pastor Christian, this week we're hosting our Best Day Ever Sunday, and we've, uh, we've invited one of your good friends in ministry, Clayton King. How do you know Clayton, and, and what inspired you to host a Best Day Ever Sunday, and, and why did you invite Clayton to be a part of that? So Clayton is a—he's uh, one of the teaching pastors at New Spring Church in Anderson, South Carolina. Uh, he also runs Clayton King's Ministries uh, and Crossroads Camps. He's, he's been doing evangelism um, and discipleship uh, ministry, speaking all over the world, really the last 25 years. Um, I met Clayton in 2010 at a youth camp that I was speaking at at Liberty University by the name of Gotel. In the fall of 2009, uh, I had been in South Korea, and God had very clearly uh, moved my heart that I was supposed to start Journey Church International. But I knew one of one of my agreements with God was, God, I'm I'm ready, and as soon as Danielle is ready, uh, we'll go. I knew God had not called me to start a church. Um, in spite of my wife, I knew that God had not called me to start a church without my wife. I knew that God had not call, called, called me to start a church uh, that I'd have to drag my wife kicking and screaming into. Uh, so I said, God, when she's, when she's ready, I'm ready. So I told her when I got home from South Korea in October of 2009, here's what God's called me to do. And she said, you're crazy. There's no way that we can do this. But we prayed about it and we talked about it for almost nine months. In July of 2010, we found ourselves uh, as the campus pastor at Gotel Camp at Liberty University. I spoke every morning to several hundred kids, and at night they would have different speakers come in. One of those speakers was Clayton King. I didn't, I didn't know Clayton. We'd never met. I don't know that I'd ever really even heard of, of Clayton because he's he's on the East Coast. We'd never really had him do any ministry with us in Kansas City. But Rick Gage, who ran the camp, uh, knew that God had had been stirring in my heart to to start a church. Uh, Clayton Clayton had helped both Perry Noble uh, at New Spring Church and Stephen Furtick at Elevation Church uh, start their churches. Stephen actually lived in Clayton's basement for a while and was a staff evangelist at Crossroads, Clayton's ministry. So Rick said, you ought to tell Clayton about uh, your call to start a church. He's connected with some church planners who God is really using. So after Clayton spoke, Rick introduced us, uh, and he said, just tell Clayton what God's laid on your heart. So Danielle and I were there, and I just said I was in South Korea, and I feel like God wants me to start a church, and uh, I would love any help you could give me if you give me your contact info. Um, man, I'd love to reach out from time to time. 
if and when this journey gets started. And he said, man, that'd be great. And he said, let me pray for you. And after hearing, you know, our story, uh, I'll never forget in the Schilling Center, which was the kind of auxiliary gym at Liberty University where they did um, all the intramural sports. Uh, he put his arms around Danielle and I, and he prayed. And he prayed very specifically these words. He said, God, if, if Christian and Danielle do not have the faith um, to step off the cliff to follow you, God, just push them off. Just push them off so they have, so they have no option but to follow you. I remember him praying that and thinking, oh no, like, you know, don't, don't pray that. Lord, don't hear that. He doesn't mean that. But he prayed that. And on the way to our car in the parking lot, our rental car, um, we got to our rental car, went to open Danielle's door. I got in my car uh, and Danielle looked at me and she said, I'm ready. Um, that, that moment, that prayer, God did something in her heart where she said, I think it's, I think it's time. So he was really integral in helping us start our church. Uh, he was really integral in the faith steps of Journey Church International, and he just became a great friend since then. Uh, he, he goes to churches to help people learn about Jesus. He, I mean, he speaks at camps and crusades. He was in Uganda, I think, two years ago on New Year's Eve, speaking to a stadium of 80,000 people. Um, he goes all over the world because his gift, he's an evangelist, is to communicate with people who don't know Jesus or people who are away from Jesus and and God just uses him to draw them to draw them to draw them back. Uh, so we knew when we wanted our people to have an opportunity to bring their hurting friends who needed healing through Jesus that Clayton was the guy to bring in. So uh, we texted him and said, "Hey Clayton, will you will you come in and be a part of this weekend?" And he said, "Absolutely. I can't wait to come." His wife Shari uh, will be back in the fall doing our ladies' night. She's written a book a curriculum that our ladies will go through in the fall. Uh, but that's that's how we know him. That's why we invited him, and we fully anticipate. He's been to Journey, I think, two or three times already. Um, we anticipate that God's going to use him in a powerful way to help people who are hurting realize there is healing in Jesus. Let's talk a little bit about um, um, next steps. Uh, last week on the podcast, you talked a lot about our responsibility as Christians to share Jesus with others and to bring people to Jesus. We challenged everyone to bring someone to Best Day Ever, and we're hearing many people are doing that. They've made the invite, and they're excited to bring their friends. Um, and we're prayerfully, as you've mentioned, anticipating many spiritual decisions this Sunday. So let's let's say our guests come, we bring them to the Best Day Ever, and they make a spiritual decision. What should we do as, as a friend, as a family member, to help them with their spiritual next steps as a new Christian? Well, first, let me say thank you to all the people who reached out after last week's podcast. I don't often hear from people after podcasts, but I, I bet I had close to a dozen people who responded and said, thank you for helping me understand that my job is sharing Jesus, not converting people. That, that was a, for some reason, God allowed that to be a really powerful truth. I think some people have bared the guilt or the weight of, I have to convert all my friends. And, and God, God used the podcast last week to help people understand your, your responsibility is to share. God's responsibility is to convert. So I hope that with a lot more freedom, some people are able to invite friends to church. And perhaps you brought a friend who made a, who made a spiritual decision and acknowledged to you, hey, I want you to know that I just made a spiritual decision. The best form of discipleship is that, is that relational moment when someone reaches out to you and says, hey, I want you to know that I made um, a spiritual decision. What should you do? Let's start with what not to do. One, they are not your trophy to hang on a wall. Please do not 
without their permission, take a picture of them and post on social media to them and the whole world and all your friends that you brought a friend who came to Jesus. They are not your trophy. Uh, if they want to post that on their social media, that is awesome. Um, God, God used you uh, to bring them to hear the gospel, uh, but, it, but it wasn't because of you that, that they got saved. So don't, don't make them your trophy. Um, don't force them to become your spiritual child. Don't overwhelm them with now that you're a Christian, you should look like me as a Christian, because as a Christian, they look like for some of them, a one day old baby uh, in, you know, in the nursery at a hospital. They are brand new spiritually. Their spiritual journey is their own. They're going to have to go through lots of, of peaks and valleys and highs and lows to learn who Jesus is, like you have learned who Jesus is. Um, so, so don't, don't, you know, try to put them in the microwave to get them where you are spiritually, but be there for them. Celebrate them. Um, celebrate your excitement with them. I think the best thing that anyone can do for a, a Christian is just say, listen, you're going to have lots of questions. Uh, I'd love to meet with you again next week or sometime next month. Um, every time you have a spiritual question, man, write it down in your phone and let's get together and I will try to answer those. Get them a Bible. Go buy them a Bible, put their name on the front of it. Normally, if you go to a place like Mardell and buy a Bible, they'll put the name on it for free sometimes. Uh, if not, it's five or six bucks. Go buy them a Bible, put their name on it, and present it to them with a Bible reading plan. Find the most simple Bible reading plan you can that starts in the New Testament, that starts in the Gospels. You can get it from your Bible app. You can just search um, New Christians Bible reading plan online, and you'll find one. Give them a plan and start reading the Bible with them. Uh, get on their plan for the next 90 days because the Word of God will begin to saturate their life and then bring them back to church. I mean, the, the biggest things you can do is celebrate them, go get their T-shirt in their bag, you know, help, help them with that process. Go get their T-shirt in their bag, turn in their name and information so that our church can reach out to them and help with that. Encourage them to come to our best day ever class, our discipleship class that we will offer next Sunday. Come to that with them. Make room in your schedule to host them at that class. Invite them back to church. Bring them to church with you. Set with them every Sunday that they can come to church for the next several months. Um, buy them a Bible. Read the Bible with them. Invite them to your small group if you have a chance uh, in your small group to, to let them come. Um, invite them to come serve with you some Sunday in the ministry that you serve in. Just let them begin to be a part of your spiritual life while acknowledging they're going to have lots of questions, lots of excitement, lots of struggles, and let them know that you you will be the person who would love to help them as they do that. And then you better get you some Jesus because you're telling someone you're willing to share. And we said last week, you can't share what you don't have. And you usually don't share what you don't have more than enough of. So you, you, better, you better get on your game. If you invite somebody and they follow Jesus, you better show them the best example of the spiritual you that there is. Because if you do that, they'll have a, they'll have a much better chance to make it quick and make it strong spiritually. We know that the Bible says when the seed of the gospel is planted in someone's heart. I mean, Jesus says it's that the devil immediately is trying to steal the seed. So you immediately try to protect the seed, try to water the seed, try to pull the weeds, try to try to navigate through the worries and the troubles of life that would keep them from growing spiritually. 
But you got to do that in your own life first so you can be a great example of Christianity to them. What I overwhelmingly heard you say in the, the response to that last question is, is our responsibility doesn't end after the invite and the bring. It only just begins. It, yeah, it just, yeah, it just begins. Actually, really, really, there's two steps. There's, ev- there's evangelism and there's discipleship. And, w- and what's in the center of those is Jesus. Right? Not our responsibility, but that, that conversion. Our responsibility is evangelism. Our responsibility is discipleship. Jesus' responsibility is conversion. Yeah, so um, if, if we will do our role, he can do his, which means we can then do ours. And there should be some more responsiveness to that because of the Holy Spirit. Uh, but yeah, on either, on either side of the conversion, there's, there's a part that, that the Lord allows us to play. He doesn't have to allow us to play it, but he allows us to play it because it builds our faith. Well, you've touched on the next question just a little bit, but I'd like to explore it deeper. Um, Pastor Christian, you said one of our a key initiatives for this year, 2019, we call it the Big Rock Initiatives, is discipleship. Uh, Matthew 28, 19 says, go and make, disip- go and make disciples. Um, can you explain what discipleship is and, and how it relates to our core belief of sharing Jesus? Yeah, well, so Matthew 28, 19 and 20, Jesus says, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So if you just look at that verse and say, what is discipleship? It's helping someone get baptized and share their story. And it's helping someone to learn and obey and walk in the teachings of Jesus, knowing that Jesus is always there. I mean, that is, that's the Matthew 28, 19, and 20 version of making disciples, baptizing them. Um, so discipleship is helping someone get baptized, which is also going public with their faith, and then teaching them to obey what Jesus has commanded while understanding that they walk with Jesus every day. So discipleship is, is the process of helping people walk with Jesus, helping people identify with Jesus, helping people publicly identify their faith in Jesus, helping them learn what Jesus wants them to know, and helping them live with Jesus knowing that he's a part of their life every day. It's a process of helping somebody grow spiritually. So discipleship is just the process of helping someone grow up spiritually. Remember, we said um, our, our, responsi- our responsibility, uh, our requirement is not to grow spiritually. We don't have to grow as a requirement to be a Christian, but it, is our, it should be our response, right? So it's not a requirement for us to grow spiritually to keep our salvation, but our response to what Jesus has done for us should cause us to want to grow up spiritually. That's discipleship, helping someone grow up spiritually. Not so they can stay saved, because that their salvation doesn't depend on them, but so they can look more like Jesus and be closer to Jesus and know how Jesus would want them to live their life. As we've been saying in our series all year long, to help them discover God's purpose for their life and to do it. Um, find out who Jesus created them to be. Find out who uniquely Jesus gifted them to be, and then help them go do that as they walk and live with Jesus. Far too often, I think, when it comes to discipleship of others, um, we've relegated that responsibility to a church or an organization. Um, Should every Christian be involved in discipling others? Is is that every Christian's responsibility? So I'm going to take it a step further. Um, You cannot be a disciple if you do not disciple someone. And we don't really see Jesus say, go be Christians. We see him say, go be disciples. But you cannot be a disciple unless you're discipling. Uh, So yes, I would say that every Christian should be discipling somebody. Every disciple of Jesus will be 
having somebody who they're aware of, who they're trying to raise up spiritually. And you know, you know when you're beginning to walk with Jesus because all of a sudden your eyes see others in your life and what they need spiritually. I'm going to have lunch in two weeks with a good friend from our church who's been leading a small group for years. Uh, and he just reached out to me and he just said, I just want my group to go deeper. And what I saw in that was I am going deeper. And the deeper I go, the deeper I realize others need to go. He he is beginning a deeper portion, the downstairs version of of discipleship. He's getting some depth in his spiritual life, and he wants to bring others with him. That That's what discipleship is. And when you really begin to be a follower of Jesus, a disciple, you will want to bring others with you on that journey. I think we could devote a whole podcast to just this, or several podcasts on just this topic alone. But I would love for you to get kind of practical right now with discipleship. How are, how are you currently discipling others? What does that look like? Sometimes we, I feel like we've overcomplicated, overcomplicated discipleship. Yeah, there's no doubt. So I, you know, I told our staff, we talked about this in our staff meeting the other day, four key words um, for discipleship. One, discipleship has to be intentional. It, I mean, it has to be something you do very intentionally. It has to be someone you lead or are engaged with very intentionally. Discipleship is not accidental. It's not organic. I mean, it's, it's really not, not true discipleship. It's this intentional, hey, I want to take them on my spiritual journey with them. So the first word for me that explains discipleship is intentional. The second word is accountability. Um, there's got to be some spiritual action steps that have some spiritual accountability to them. Ecclesiastes tells us two are better than one. Proverbs tells us iron sharpens iron. So there's got to be someone who sets the standard, who who directs, who gives the action steps, and then holds somebody accountable to them. So it's that intentional relationship where there's some accountability over um, the third word in discipleship would, would be a content or a resource piece. There's got to be an intentional relationship that has some accountability built into reading your Bible, built into memorizing scripture, built into 40 days of prayer, built into a book that you're reading together, built into a mission trip that you're serving on together, built into a ministry in the community you're serving. There's got to be a content or a resource. There's got to be a, a project or a practice. It is a, it is a joint agreement that we are going to grow together by doing this reading our Bibles, or we are going to grow together by praying every day and keeping a prayer journal, or we are going to grow every day together by memorizing the Beatitudes or the Ten Commandments, or we are going to grow together by going to Guatemala next summer and preparing for that trip. There, There is a content resource project practice piece to it, uh, but, the, but the last word, the biggest word is, is relational. It, it's just relationship. It is, it's, it is sharing every week, if not every day, here's what God's saying to me. What's he saying to you? It's teaching people how to hear from God. It's teaching people how to walk with God. It's got to be intentional. There's got to be an accountability piece to whatever you have decided to do, content, resource, project, practice. But then it, it's it's living in relationship with with people while you do that. How am I discipling people this year? Um, I've got a group of 12 that I'm reading a book with that deeply, deeply, deeply impacted my soul, and I, I wanted it to impact others. Uh, so I've, I've got a small group of men that I now meet with. Uh, one, I want to make sure what I'm hearing from God is correct. So I want them to read it to say, did you hear, did you hear what I heard? 
But two, I want them to come with me spiritually to where God is taking me. So that's one discipleship group that I have. We meet once a month, but we text weekly just relational things, 10 spiritual commitments. Which one are you keeping? Nine commitments for community. Which ones are you keeping? Eight buckets that tell you how you're growing, which one is empty, right? I mean, all these things that that we've been doing, and, and every now and then, you know, we'll read something in our devotions, we'll read something in a book we're reading, and we'll share that with each other. It's it's a relational group growing together. I've got a different group of seven that's reading a daily devotional together in Psalms that I'm going through with them, uh, and we almost weekly, because we don't see each other a lot Uh, But we almost weekly will say, wow, did you read that this morning? It deeply impacted me. It is a relational, uh, intentional, accountable, with a specific content um, group that's trying to grow together and walk together in life. I'm discipling my family with both of those resources. Uh, My kids and my wife and I are both reading the book together that I'm taking these 12 men through, and we are doing the daily devotional that I've got another group of seven going through, and we meet once a week. Uh, We we met last night, and tell me what day or two stood out in your devotions. Tell me what you learned about God from the book of Exodus and the overview on Exodus that— that we're reading. So it comes in all different shapes and sizes, but more than anything, it's just sharing your life. I've got another guy who I'm doing a 40-day prayer challenge with, and we are reading through a 40-day prayer challenge book, and we're doing it together so that every day we can read um, and hold each other accountable. Uh, We're on day 11 um, today. So for me, everything I do spiritually, I just try to bring people with me. I don't I don't want to drive a sports car. I don't want to drive a motorcycle and be all by myself. I don't want to drive a sports car and go really, really fast, but have, you know, one one person in it. I don't want to drive a minivan, um, you know, with, with just my family and a few friends. I, I want a bus. I want like a charter bus, and I want to be able to load up as many people as possible to say, hey, come with me, and uh, and let's go together and grow together spiritually. That's what discipleship is. Uh, looks like for me this year. What you've challenged me and helped me this year already is just raising my awareness that every encounter of every relationship that I have, there's always going to be a discipleship opportunity if I just am more aware of it. So I want to thank you for that. Yeah, awareness Mm -hmm. and just being intentional. There's always, there's a spiritual lesson in everything in life. If, if you, if you choose to see it and speak it. Yeah. Well, let's take maybe just a quick minute, maybe just a just a real quick minute and answer this question, because perhaps there's someone listening to this podcast right now that's fairly new in their relationship with Jesus. They're a new Christian. Um, they've recently had their best day ever, yet they're not sure who to ask to help guide them towards their spiritual next ge- next step. What should they do and who should they ask? Where, where, where should they start? They need to email you. You need <laughs> to email Pastor Brandon Reeb yeah. at B, as in Brandon, R-I-E-B, at takethejourney.cc. It's and actually Brandon at Take the Journey, and I would love your email. Or you could just yeah. email Brandon at takethejourney, B, as in Brandon, R-A-N-D-O-N, at takethejourney.cc. Uh, reach out to him because he is the guy at our church who does discipleship. He is the guy at our church who helps people um, be baptized, and he teaches them to obey as much as we can everything um, that Jesus has commanded us as you walk with Jesus. So email Pastor Brandon 
uh, try to, if you're listening to this the week right after Clayton was here, uh, come February 17th for our best day ever class. Come eat lunch with Pastor Brandon. Uh, figure out what it looks like to start your spiritual journey. If you uh, if you shied away from getting a T-shirt and a bag with some great resources in it, ask Pastor Brandon to put those in the mail to you. Um, he will do that or meet him one day after work and grab that for him. Um, if, if you will connect to him, he will connect you to the hundreds of people at our church that would love for you to get on their spiritual bus so you can go on their spiritual journey with them. So that's that's what I would do. If somebody's listening to this who just had their best day ever, I would email you and say, what do I do next? Brandon at takethejourney.cc. Thanks, Pastor Christian. Yeah, and I would love to receive your email. Uh, Pastor Christian, again, it's been another great podcast. Thank you so much for taking out the time out of your busy schedule to, to share with us um, in this podcast. And to challenge us that we're continue that we need to be continue that we need to continue to guide people into becoming more like Jesus every day. We want to thank you for carving out a few moments of your day as well to listen to Activate. We pray that this continues to be a great resource for you as you strive to be more more like Jesus each and every day. We look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. We would love for you to help us get the word out about this resource. Don't forget to share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.